Well, hello, it's Gary, and it's you're listening to Thinking Out Loud podcast. It's Saturday, May 23rd. Thought I'd just, uh, today I would just vent a little bit about any updates with this coronavirus thing, pandemic, future of the country, and just kind of the state of affairs and the ongoing dissolving of this country like just in front of our eyes so a few bits of news that uh came in recently um states as predicted uh that kind of eased restrictions a little bit and then also some of the states that were having issues with anti um anti-quarantine people um, you know, protesting at state capitals armed with assault rifles, not wearing face masks or anything, and then protesting the fact that there's a virus that's killing people, as if that's going to make it go away. Um, those places had a spike in cases now. And um, they, through various technology, they're able to reveal that many of those people that showed up at various state capitals drove a long way to get there so they all met up big congregated areas shouting and yelling at each other just you know just just kind of spraying their slime whatever all over the place and uh, then they went back to their rural towns so those rural towns are going to have spikes in cases now um, it's all happening in slow motion death toll has now reached Close to 100,000 since January. U.S. citizens, human beings who have died from a coronavirus. The Donald Trump said back in January or February, whenever it was, would just go away magically by April once the weather got warmer. Uh, no, that, that's not the case. He was dead wrong. Has he admitted that? No, of course not. Because he's a profoundly arrogant, prideful man who has uh, no ethical or moral code to speak of, and famously so. Um, all this, all his character flaws and lack of integrity, lack of any moral or ethical center to speak of, lack of any empathy for others, all those characteristics of the man were known well, well, well prior to him seeking the Republican nomination in 2016. It was known decades ago. Most people my age knew back in the 1980s that he was not someone that you should ever allow to be president of the United States. But he is the president, and he is the worst type of person to ever become a leader of a democracy. Um, a man with very strong uh, fascist aspirations, and just an out-of-control eagle that just doesn't care about anything except making more money. So he's kind of the one in charge of it. He, he messed up, and he messed up royally. People are dead because of Donald Trump. Yes, that he didn't go out and shoot them or something. He didn't go out and inject them with coronavirus. But he downplayed the risk associated with it 
that he was briefed on months and months ago. He was warned, and he did not heed those warnings. He did nothing. In fact, in a way, he did less than nothing. He dismissed the warnings. He went the other way. He said, everything's fine. Don't even worry about it. Everyone just keep going out. And now as the death toll is starting to rise, some places are starting to have spikes in places that recently opened up. He's still sticking to his guns and saying everyone needs to get back to work. It, in this, the disconnect between the people like him that own the economy and the reality of what the economy is is just profound. The, the lack of understanding. Without people working in a safe and healthy environment, there is no economy. You do not have an economy without people working. Masses number, massive numbers of people working is required to have a vibrant economy like ours. It's a necessity. You must have lots of people working. Now, he seems to sort of understand that you need people working, but he doesn't get the fact that if you send everyone back to work now, as if everything's fine, then the number of coronavirus cases is going to shoot up. And then even the people that don't die from it, they're going to have to take time off to get treated for it. And it's going to be a pretty dire situation. The, the medical staff around this country is are already overwhelmed. And that's with a good portion of the public abiding by the social distancing and quarantine guidelines. Most people are abiding by that. Many, though, are not. So if, if the number that are not only increases, then the number of cases will go up. And for what? Donald Trump believes that if the Dow Jones Industrial Average goes up by 5% between now and November, then that's then everything's peachy again. He wins. He'll he'll get reelected because the Dow Jones Industrial Average went up. Now, what percentage of the of the US citizens are truly invested in the stocks that are traded on the Dow Jones Industrial Average? Probably very few, um, and especially owning individual shares of stocks that are traded on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, that are traded on the New York Stock Exchange, that are part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The, the percentage of Americans that actually own individual shares is minute, an extremely small percentage. I don't know the specific data, but it's small. Most people do not own stocks. They're way too expensive. So the Dow Jones average going up means the people that already have money now have more. That, that's it. It, it, do, it doesn't mean any increased livelihood or increased anything for regular people. In fact, in many cases, it ends up meaning the opposite because certain companies now have more money that they can leverage and... Uh, divest in certain things, they can lay off employees and still maintain a certain profit margin, even though their productivity is going to go down a little bit, which they're fine with. The bottom line with a corporation is profit, not providing for its employees that help contribute to that profit. No, it's profit, which is then used to pay dividend to shareholders 
and bonuses to the execs. The workers get nothing. And this is the system that we're supposed to be happy with. And we, we, we call it capitalism as if it's, just, it's so wonderful. Laissez-faire capitalism. The complete idle hand government, no intervention whatsoever in the economy. And of course, that isn't the type of capitalism that we have. What we have is idle hand amongst the vast majority. The vast majority, it's, it's very difficult. And it's, it's kill or be killed, survival of the fittest, all that sort of thing among the working class. The wealthy, however, there's all kinds of extra little precautions, extra little uh, loopholes and stuff that are catered just for them. So there's certain specific you know, tax write-offs and, and various revenue streams that can be received that are taxed at a lower rate that are only available to the wealthy. And these are the people that Donald Trump is catering to because he's a member of that group. He makes money off of interest and the increased or decreased value of his real estate properties. It doesn't even really matter whether his real estate goes up or down. If it goes down, it's still a win because now he can claim a loss and then avoid taxes for maybe the next several decades even. So even if he turns around and makes a massive profit the next year, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to pay any taxes because he lost so much money, quote-unquote, the previous year. So that's the guy that's kind of at the helm of all this. And meanwhile, some of the most scandalous scoundrels, douchebags in the Senate, who also happen to have R's next to their name, are gleefully confirming judges that Donald Trump has appointed. Many with little to no experience, many with very extreme positions on civil rights and worker rights, i.e. they don't believe in them. Uh, a conservative judge is a judge that favors, all things being equal, he will favor the corporate entity over the individual person. The corporate entity has more rights in their mind. That's what a conservative judge is. People get confused. They think a conservative judge is one that's, you know, passionate about Christian values or something like that. No, it, it means that they side on the, with corporations more than not. So a corporation, you know, pollutes a river and then the, the pollutants get into wells that people drink and people get sick and die of cancer. The families of those, the survivors of those, those of the poisonings, sue that corporation. The conservative judge is going to side with the corporation and, and have very strict limits on the amount of money that that corporation would have to pay in some sort of lawsuit, or may just dismiss the case entirely. That's what a conservative judge does. Yes, this corporation acted egregiously. Yes, they acted unethically, immorally. Yes, they were more focused on profit than the lives of other human beings. But that's acceptable because that's what a corporation does. So they should be, have a right to do that even if individual people die. And that's what a conservative judge is. So those are the types of judges that while people are distracted about this coronavirus, those are the kind of judges that Mitch McConnell and the other douchebags in the Senate are gleefully confirming.
at lightning speed. Let's get as many of those types of scoundrels into positions of power so that we can manipulate the system even more to cater to the interests of the wealthy. And again, just to review, I've talked about this a few times in the podcasts. The Republican Party is the organization that represents the interests of the wealthy. That is what they do. That, that is their core objective. Their main actions, actions, not rhetoric, their main actions as far as legislative tax policy is cutting taxes for the wealthy and cutting taxes for the corporations owned by the wealthy. Those two actions benefit the wealthy. There is no trickle-down economics. There is no benefit to the working class whatsoever. But again, doing those two things is the core, first and foremost, primary objective of the Republican Party. Cut taxes for the wealthy, cut taxes for corporations. And again, in order to convince working class people to go along with those sort of things, when they are campaigning to get elected, they'll talk about all kinds of other stuff that gets people really passionate and emotional and will side with the Republicans. (coughs) However, all those things talked about during the campaign, like abortion and gay marriage and all that sort of stuff, that gets people really riled up that, you know, because they're evangelical Christians, so therefore they believe that God hates certain people that live a certain way. It's like, or whatever. I, I don't really, the mental gymnastics going on with people that are claiming to be evangelical Christians and then supporting the Republican Party, I just, I don't even, it just seems exhausting, you know, because it's just, <laughs> that organization does not in any way, shape or form, represent the principles of the teachings of Jesus, like not even kinda. They're so far away from that. They are the opposite. Greed is first and foremost on that organization's mind. Case in point, they nominated Donald John Trump to be their nominee. That was their guy. They picked. They actually picked that guy. Why? Because he had a lot of money. He was more than willing to lie to people's faces. And he was definitely more than willing to sign a bill that would cut taxes for the wealthy people, like him, and cut taxes for corporations. He would also be more than willing to approve funding of various corporate entities that are non-essential, like a cruise line ship, in the middle of a pandemic. Because those, the owners or the, you know, execs of those particular companies paid him a lot of money. It's called a bribe. So... He would be more than willing to do that without the slightest whiff of impropriety in his mind. Everything's totally fine here. This is how you do it. It's probably what he thinks. Someone gives you money to vote a certain way, so then you you respond by doing a favor for them. That's that's how he goes. That's that was his interaction with the Ukrainian. Uh, president back in the last fall. Ukraine was under attack from Russia. People were dying. They were in desperate need of our help. We had already approved help, but Donald Trump ordered the holding up of the aid because 
He wanted that president to go on TV and say bad things about Joe Biden. He wanted to have an investigation into Joe Biden. Yes, people were dying. Yes, Ukraine is a ally and Russia is not. None of that mattered to Donald Trump. What mattered to him was getting reelected. So he abused his power, <coughs> held much needed aid that was to go to Ukraine. He held that up for his own personal political interests. However, the Republican-controlled Senate, which has no standards at all, they stand for nothing, just allowed it and said, everything's okay here. They didn't allow witnesses as much. They didn't allow much, much of the information that was revealed in the House impeachment. They didn't even bring up in the Senate. Uh, and amazingly, what he was impeached on was just one of the things. There's a long list of things that Trump has done that are wildly unpresidential and worthy of removal from office, getting fired. And that's it. That's what impeachment is. Removing from office is getting fired. It's amazing that we've had 45 presidents and we've never fired a president before. We came close once, but he quit before we, it could come to that. And that was Richard Nixon. <clears throat> what Trump has done, of course, is exponentially worse than Nixon. Nixon was a scoundrel and a ruthless man who also should never have become president either. But it was a different time and such. And he did have, he did do some things that are sort of kind of good, opening up trade relations with China and such is what he's given mass credit for. But he escalated a war when he said he would de-escalate it. And he increased it into other parts outside of where that war was already being taken place. Started bombing Cambodia and stuff. He was a ruthless, savage person who uh, should never have been in charge of a country. You know, uh, Nixon was a horrendous man. Trump, though, m makes Nixon look like a Boy Scout. Like he, he makes him look like an honest, noble person. Trump is, is so vile. And just a steady stream of it day to day to day to day to day for decades that you just have to sort of accept that that, that is his kind of status quo. That is his daily normal way of being. Regular people might have a bad day here and there where they say something kind of dumb or they fuck up in some way or they, you know, make a mistake and then don't own it. Every now and again, regular people have these. That's just a daily way of life for Donald Trump. Lying, cheating, stealing, not preparing for very important meetings and important events, just not preparing at all. Having an important job and not doing any research for the job. That's just what he is. So now Donald Trump's next campaign is to try and tear down democracy itself. What is democracy? It's the right to choose who your, your representatives are by voting. Now, since there's a pandemic going on, a contagious disease that, 
that travels through the air in close proximity with other people. Voting in voting booths with a bunch of people all crammed together is not going to be ideal in the fall. So as a health and safety measure, obviously, the number of people that are going to be more inclined to want to vote by mail is going to increase exponentially from any previous presidential election, obviously. There's a pandemic going around killing people. And even if you don't die, you're going to be dealing with some serious shit if you catch it. Some people have no symptoms, but many, you know, it's a pretty dire situation. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be a need for more absentee mail-in ballots. So what is Trump doing? He's trying to make those illegal. He's also demanding that people go back to, should be allowed to just go back to church and congregate. Totally confusing what, what faith and, and prayer is. Like, that's the only specific place where you're allowed to do it. Freedom religion means that you can, you can practice your religion any fucking where you want. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to pray at the restaurant that you're at, right before you eat your meal, you have the right to do that. Freedom religion doesn't mean the only place you're allowed to practice your religion is in a church or a synagogue or a mosque. It means you can pre- you're free to practice it wherever you are. It, that's freedom of religion. And if you are truly following by those principles of that religion, you don't necessarily need, in a time like this, to be at that physical place. There's other ways to have fellowship. You get one other person, and you are talking together about your faith. That's a fellowship. That's a congregation right there. Two people. That's it. That's all, that's all you need, necessarily. And obviously, that's something that most people that are used to going to church every Sunday should start looking into. Get maybe your smallest, closest groups, group of friends from the church and meet once a week, Bible study or whatever. Find some way to get, you know, pre-tested or something. But maybe some people that you're going to be interacting with on a regular basis and just limit, you know, limit the size of the congregation. But you don't need the church to practice your religion. You can practice it anywhere. It's a way of life. So I don't really... But that that's the sort of way Trump is. He can pretend... Like, like governors saying churches and schools and all these sort of things are closed right now because there's a virus going on and we need to practice. <laughs> we, we, we need to be smart about this. You know, congregating is specifically the, the highest risk thing to do. So that's something you should avoid. You gotta go to church though, and you gotta feel that. Okay, meet up with some other people, and form your own. You know, just even if it's just temporary, you can have your own church wherever you and some other fellow believers are at. That's your church. So just go for it. You don't need to go to the physical building. That's just a that's just a nice, safe place to be. Generally speaking, all things being equal, like when there's not a pandemic going around. But when there is one, then you got to make some adjustments. 
You're not proving anything by going anyway and then contracting the virus and dying. That, that's, not, that's not proving anything. That, you know, there's a virus going out. And if you want, it's for me, I think the virus is obviously linked to climate change and global warming. To me, they obviously are, are, are hand in hand. To not think of planet Earth as a living organism in and of itself that basically almost kind of breathes and kind of, you know, it has patterns and stuff. It, it's, it's alive. The planet in and of itself. But I think, so, so basically like the virus comes out because of the climate change, because of the way human beings have been treating this planet. There's now this virus that's forcing us, forcing us to modify our behavior. Why? Because we're killing the planet. We're, we're killing life on this planet, including our own lives, our own destruction, our own way of life. We must get there faster. The thing must go bigger and louder. We must have, we must burn coal to have enough power to, to keep all the things on that we like. We must use oil to make the car go that we drive. And we must burn off the oil. And we must not give a shit about whether or not there's any damage. Well, there is. Whether we want to believe it or not, there is. The climate change is real. And to think that they're not connected, I think would be folly. So for me, this person does believe in God. Uh, I, I do think it's, it's a sort of, it, it is kind of a sign. It's like humans, you need to slow down. You need to adjust your behavior. We need to change. We, we cannot, cannot, and that's the thing, cannot just maintain course. It's, it's not truly an option. It will only get worse if we continue to just burn fossil fuels as well as continue to allow all the wealth to go the, to the wealthiest while many people don't have access to healthcare or quality nutrition. That doesn't make any sense. So there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Healthier people tend to do better with this coronavirus. Healthier people tend to come from you know, tend to be people that can get good nutrition. They can get good quality food. They can afford good quality food. And they have time to focus on health and well-being. You know, if you're working 60, 70 hours a week and you're barely squeaking by and you don't have enough money for health insurance, yeah, you're not going to be as healthy. And that's because massive, massive amounts of resources are devoted to the top wealthiest people in America. And then that leads to the next thing. During this pandemic, many billionaires have only increased their wealth. Increased. Their wealth has gone up. They're making more money. Uh, what is causing this and all that? I mean, Amazon, obviously, I mean, with no one being able to shop like at all, you, many people, that's just, that's, that's what they, they just, Amazon. Like, it's almost like a verb. We, I need to, I'll just go Amazon to get whatever it is that you need. And they'll, they'll ship it to you. Unfortunately, though, there's most of the benefit from Amazon making more money is going to go a huge portion. It just goes to one guy. 
Jeff Bezos. Uh, many of the employees are going to be working in unsafe working conditions and are going to be at high exposure to Corona. No matter how much marketing that Amazon spends and puts on the TV and the internet saying that they're doing everything they can to make their employees safe, all that is bullshit because that, that's just marketing. It's kind of like when ExxonMobil uh, or some of the other companies, oil companies, spill oil. They'll have a big marketing campaign six months later saying how, how all the great and wonderful things they're doing to make the world better. It's all bullshit. You know, it's, it's just made up nonsense. You know, they're the main causes for a lot of the destruction. They're producing this thing that when used causes damage to the environment. So they're not, whatever marketing they want to present to try to counteract that, it's, it would be nice if they could spend it on technology that is actually going to improve the way things are, go more renewables. So I do, so I, I mean, I basically do think that in a way, you know, God is, I, I don't really like using the kind of verbiage that a lot of real super religious people use, but, you know, God punishing us, it's just, you know, I mean, to me, it's just, it's almost just logical, you know. We've been destroying this planet for decades, ignoring all signs that it is indeed getting damaged and that it is indeed our doing that's causing it. And then in 2016, our country elects an antichrist, a famous one at that, a guy famous for being an antichrist, famous for fully embracing the seven deadly sins, fully embracing just apathy and greed, destruction, arrogance. A man that was the personification of the ruthless but incompetent, unethical business guy who will do anything to make money. Donald Trump was the personification of that. He was almost like the caricature of a business villain in a movie or something. He just... To think that there would be no consequences for that would be incredibly naive. Obviously, a lot of the shit that we are in right now is very specifically because of electing that deplorable man. Now, of course, you can't really blame it all on him, obviously. He has a lot of enablers, and he's built a certain empire of whatever kind over the years by being who he is, a wretched, awful, awful person who doesn't give a fuck about anybody except himself and making more money. That's who Donald Trump is. That, that is his brand. That's what Trump on big gold letters at the top of the building means. Selfish arrogant prick you know that that's it's that's what it means an arrogant asshole you know gold-plated bullshit you know it's that's that is his brand you know incompetent just blatant stupidity i know a great place to sell steaks how about an electronics store that's Trump's idea right there. Trump stakes. Yeah, let's go to Sharper Image where you can buy all kinds of fancy electronic gadgets and stuff. That's That would be a great spot to buy a steak. Yeah. It's just... 
but there's been so many like stupid things like that. But he's he's the one. He's he's the guy that's still in charge, and he's really ramping up the fascist rhetoric. It's just. I'm trying not to wish any ill will on the guy, but I feel like at some point something's going to break in that guy. Like he's going to end up having like a stroke or something. There's, there's no, like you, you can't be that wretched of a person for that many decades and then full public view and then cause so much destruction to others and not at some point have some kind of reckoning. There, there has to be at some point. Um, now, most likely, once Trump is no longer president, he's not going to go to jail for the crimes he's committed. But there, there should be some kind of something. A dissolving of the Trump empire would be awesome. You know, um, it's that kind of crap that has gotten us into this position. You know, in 2017, the Republican Party gave a bunch of money away to wealthy people. And then two years later, there wasn't enough money for protective gear for this coronavirus. There was a shortage of face masks and ventilators and such. Why is that? Because they cut the budget of the CDC. Why they cut the budget to the CDC? Because they cut their revenues. Republican Party cut the revenues. They had their first and foremost top priority right after Trump got sworn in was... To give more money to wealthy people. Amazingly, that was three years ago. And there's still, to this day, tens of millions of working class people that still support the Republican Party. That still support Donald Trump. Despite the fact that it's, it's all fully out in the open now. There's no denying it. That organization is first and foremost, before anything else, focused on... Cutting taxes for the wealthy and cutting taxes for corporations. That's it. A month ago or so, while this pandemic was really escalating, Republicans approved giving money to uh, Carnival cruise ships. A cruise line got a bunch of money from the federal government. <coughs> U.S. tax dollars. Yep. We don't have enough PPE. We don't have enough uh, protective personal protection equipment or ventilators. Medical staffs are short-staffed, fatigued, burnt out. There's a lot of uncertainty in the air. People aren't sure how they're going to pay the rent, where they're going to get the food from, how, how this is going to work over the coming months. What was the Republican Party focused on? Bailing out a big company. That had given them money. That's it. Is Carnival Cruise Ship an essential company? No, of course not. But they got money from the Republican Party. Because their president or CEO or whatever the hell gave money to Donald Trump. So he owed them a favor. And yet, there are still tens of millions of people that are still going to support the Republican Party in 2020. It's still, it, they're, they're still going to get, even with Donald Trump being the worst president in our country's history, by a long shot, I mean, it's not even close anymore. There's no longer a debate. Well, is it Andrew Johnson? Is it Richard Nixon? Is it Franklin Pierce, the, one of the guys like before Lincoln, those slew of presidents? No, it's Donald Trump. He, it, it's him. 
now, you know, the debate over who's the second worst, that's more of a debate now, but the worst president in the history of our country is the man currently serving. That, that, that's, that is the answer. Yeah, just, just a profound, abject failure of a man. And it's more of a, I don't know, I guess it's more of just a testament to how divided our country is and how broken the system is when a guy that profoundly and obviously ill-equipped for the job was sworn in and allowed to take the oath anyway. And then was allowed to keep his job when he did indeed start engaging in very egregious, unprecedented behavior and abusing his power. Even after he did that, the controlling party just let him keep his job anyway, even though it was even more clear and obvious that he was unfit for the job and needed to be removed. Needed. But of course... If he's removed, then what happens? Mike Pence becomes president. Yeah. Ooh. Just uh, a warped, weird man, that guy. Claims to be a Christian. Nah. I, no. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really understand the logic of it. How people could be... You know, uh, I, I suppose there maybe because he he seems to think or seems to want to be very genuine about his Christian principles, I guess. But so it seems like there's a better potential for him being not as completely destructive as Trump. But he he has some serious issues as well. That. You know, his, his subservient nature to Trump and is just allowing to go along all with Trump does. It's just, it's scary. Trump is not someone you should emulate at all. He's, he's not a good person. And that's one thing I've been noticing, uh, you know, trying to raise kids in this era. It's like some of the people, some kids see Trump and they can't help but think, well, he lies, you know. He's like. He, he's having a temper tantrum, you know. He, he's pouting and, and being disrespectful because he didn't get his own way. And he's a full-grown man. He's president of the United States. He's over 70 years old. And he's having a temper tantrum at a press conference because a female reporter asked him a question. And he's unwilling to answer it. So he, he storms off, having a little temper tantrum. And then he yells and screams at his advisors afterwards. It's like, he's such a pathetic loser, you know? It's just, I, I don't understand the appeal of the guy. I, I, don't, I don't get how it's gone this far. Now that we're in this pandemic and such, like, why? Why has he not been removed yet? It, it, it was all a, a gag, a joke, why he ran. Now, maybe, yes, he kind of genuinely thought it would be neat or something to be president, but he didn't want to be president. He didn't want, he didn't want that responsibility and the, you know, the, the call the duty and all that. He, he, he just wanted to be continuous fame. Running for president is a great jolt to fame. Like, if you want to be famous, 
run a presidential campaign. There's, there's people still on TV today that are like political pundits, basically because they ran for president once. They didn't even win, you know? Like, I can't remember the one guy. He's, he's just a real douchebag, Republican guy. I think he ran back in like 2000, 2004 maybe. What the fuck was his name? Anyway. But just a long list of just douchebags and all that. That just, you know, ugh. So, I mean, even if he had lost, even if he didn't even get the nomination, just, just that alone. But, of course, he'd already done that many times. He'd already run for president several times. Reform Party, Democratic Party, and then the Republican Party. And the Republican Party was the one that bit the bullet and actually did it and actually picked the guy. You know, he'd been running for president since the early to mid-90s. Just about every election, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just the sad state that our country's in because it's it's just a free fall with a lot of people. I think not wanting to believe that it really is that, but that's that's what it is. You know, we're, our, our it, it's disintegrating before our eyes because some of these things that he's doing. It may take a while for them to, f for regular people to full, fully feel the truly negative impact of the things that he's doing, like all these federal court judges being confirmed, you know, the cutting of various agencies and such, uh, the approving of various heads of a department that have no experience in those departments. It's just a, and then you know the various executive orders trying to force people to be exposed to a disease that is deadly. You know, it's just a profound dissolving of, of everything just before our eyes. And, and there just doesn't seem to be any way to stop it. Uh, part of that is because we have, well, the Senate. 50 senators, or 100 senators, sorry, two senators for each state. California, over 40 million people or whatever, two senators. Wyoming, less than a million people or about a million people in the whole state, two senators. So even in 2018, 2016 as well, even if the majority of people are voting a particular way, voting a, a, for a particular political philosophy um, championed by a particular organization, the majority control and the government level might be actually got a minority, a minority of the votes. And that's especially the case in the Senate, where you'll have usually the smaller rural states will tend to go Republican for whatever reason. Uh, are there people in those states that are making millions and millions of dollars that would benefit from a cut in the estate tax or a cut in the corporate tax or a cut, a cut in the marginal tax rate and all that kind of thing? Uh, no. no, no, they're not. They identify with the people in rural communities identify with the Republican Party because it's um, they like the idea of states' rights and individual freedom and such. But those are just ideas, and they're really just sort of slogans that the leaders of the Republican Party says to those people, knowing that they're kind of a trigger with those people, and, and they'll get those people excited. I'm a leftist, I guess, liberal or whatever, which means I'm. I'm for small government, small government. I'm for small government, which is why I lean left, because I'm for small government. 
small government, yeah. Why am I saying that many times? Because that phrase, that slogan, has sort of been like um, uh, it's just been sort of uh, taken over by the Republican Party. They've sort of claimed it as their own. That we are the organization that's the small government party. Even though they increase the size and scope of the government, even though they increase what the government can do with your life, how it can intervene in your life, even though it's increased in size and scope of that, war on drugs, big, massive government, huge waste of money, massive government. You know, a government that's caters entirely to the wealthy and then does nothing that protects the interests of the people, the basic nuts and bolts type stuff, that's big government. A, bender, a government that is bending over backwards to protect a tiny group of people, about 2% of the population, that's big government. Because it's not using the, the resources available to protect the interests of the people. So when I think small government, I think it should be focused on the basics, the nuts and bolts type stuff that is just more effective if government is taking care of it than if it's privatized. So roads. The, the best way for roads to be built is for people to pay some kind of municipal tax or you can sell municipal bonds or whatever. But some sort of tax covers the cost of building roads and such. Roads that go through inner, that are interstate roads, like, you know, the interstate freeway system, there'll be some kind of federal tax. Yeah, federal funds will be used to pay for that. Otherwise, what would you have? Well, you'd have a bunch of privatized roads. Pure capitalism would mean that every single road, every single thing you've driven, it would have to be purely privately funded. That doesn't make any sense. That, that, that's a stupid idea. So it, a society has to have <clears throat> certain agreed upon things. We think we should be able to go from point A to point B safely and freely. You know? So if you want to walk from point A to point B, you, you can if it's on a road or whatever. But if every road is privatized, you'd have to get like some sort of permission to go on it. And then there'd be like tons of different roads, each traveling their own thing. And you have to have... <coughs> That's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. So small government would be, you know, paying for the roads and bridges, covering the costs of the basic kind of logistical type stuff, maintaining the electric grid, those types of things. Now, there would be opportunities within there for private enterprise, of course, like the specific companies that are building the road, that would be a company. But the funding for that would, would, would come from taxpayers, taxpayer funds, i.e. the government, the, you know, the, the bidding and all that sort of thing. That, that would come from government. Uh, the regulations on, you know, you want, you want to fly a plane? Well, when you're flying a plane... Yeah, there should be some kind of standards there because like, you know, if you crash, what if you crash into a neighborhood or something? People could die. So it's not just you in a plane. It's not just your individual freedom when you're flying up there. You, there should be some basic protocols. So that's why we have the FAA. Yeah, it's just to protect the interests of the people. So people should have access to healthcare and an education and people should be able to get food. That's, you know, nutritious, you know, if they need it.
if they if they need assistance getting that yeah that to me that's small government that's just like basic nuts and bolts stuff what do people need not want but need what do people need people need to feel safe they need to have access to good food water and shelter so there you go that's it those are the focuses that's what the government should be focused on however the republican big government party is very much focused on empowering wealthy people Increasing the livelihood of wealthy people. Uh, managing and, and increasing and escalating war. Uh, creating laws that ban certain natural substances that exist on planet Earth that human beings have been using for thousands of years. That's big, intrusive government. Public Party also nominated Donald Trump. While he was running, he was running a campaign built on building a wall, locking up Hillary Clinton because she sent emails. Okay, that, that's big government. A government that arrests people and locks people in jail for no crime at all is big government. A government that builds a big, huge, stupid wall in the middle of the desert that does nothing except cause damage and more expense later is huge government. Massive government waste. What a huge waste of money. Massive waste of money. All those people working on that thing. And there's roads and bridges that are cracked and falling apart. And we're going to build this big wall in the middle of the desert because a small group of dumb shit white people are racist against brown people. That seems dumb. You know, that, that's a dumb use of money. Yes, racism has been a part of this country for a long, long time. We don't need to spend billions of dollars on a wall just to appease those racist people. They're allowed to be racist. That's kind of the thing with freedom of speech. You, you have the right to be stupid. You have the right to not care. Um, you have the right to be lazy and breathe in toxic air. I mean, you have the right to live your life how you want. So if you want to be a racist, you can. But the federal government shouldn't be catering and spending massive amounts of money appeasing these people just because they want to be racist. Yes, some people have a real strong problem with people coming here who have brown skin and don't have paperwork filled out first. It's just, why? A, why are they leaving? Why did they come here? Why are they seeking refuge here? Well, because they're fleeing something. Why are they fleeing? What's going on there? And there's no investigation into that. It's just, let's build a wall and stop them from coming. And then, of course, they'll just either go around it, over it, or under it. The wall does nothing. There will be an increase in flooding in those areas, which will cause massive environmental damage. The wall does nothing. It, it has no positive benefit at all. None. Zero. In fact, less than zero. It only causes pain, destruction, and loss of money. That's it. Big government. Republican Party. Big government. Massive government. Massive government. How they've been able to uh, trademark the term small government party is just astounding. You know, they're the do-nothing party. So they will do nothing that, that benefits working class people but they'll spend massive amounts of time 
focused on things that benefit about 2% of the population. They're more than happy to do those kind of things. But when it comes to benefiting the working class, they're just not as into it. So I think government should be small and focused. Do the citizens of the United States of America have access to health care? Do they have access to an education? Are the places where they work safe? Do they have good food to eat? Do they have a place to stay? Do they feel safe and protected? Okay, those are the questions that, that should be asked. And, and, and that's really it. No. The Republicans will always try to like warp those into other things like you're a person that in order to feel safe and protected, you need to own a gun. Okay. I don't like guns, but I don't really care. Whatever. As long as you're safe with it. I think I should have a right as an American to know that the people that are owning guns are being safe with them are being cool with them, know what they're doing, have had maybe some kind of basic training or have proved that they know what the hell they're doing. And yes, I also believe that certain guns that are specifically designed to murder people, that's their purpose, shouldn't be available to civilians. Can you still protect yourself if you have a handgun or some other kind of gun that's not an AK-47 assault rifle? Well, of course, yeah. Just the sound of that cocking of a shotgun is probably more than enough if someone's wandering through your house in the middle of the night. You make that sound. I, uh, if they're smart, they'll just skedaddle right on out of there. You know, you shouldn't even have to fire it. But there's clearly and obviously in this country a case where some people have kind of abused the true intention behind that Second Amendment and have used it as, used these weapons to go out and kind of hunt other Americans down. And that seems wrong. So there should be, and again, to me, that's still small government. Yes, you can own a gun. You can have as many guns as you want. Certain types of guns, there's going to be some restrictions on, some kind of basic parameters on. If you have a long list of aggravated assault and felonies involving violence, there's going to be greater restriction. You, that specific person with that long history of felony convictions for violence and aggravated violence, you, that specific person, are going to have, you know, more restrictions on the gun. You, the avid sportsman that has been shooting guns since you were eight years old and the guns are a way of your life, you're fine. You're okay. You don't need to worry about anything. Okay. Why stick your neck out for the sociopath that wants the gun to murder people? Okay. Your rights are not being infringed if the dude with the long history of violent crime doesn't get a gun. If, if, if you're the person that's a good law-abiding citizen, you don't have anything to worry about. So you're okay. So... I think the Republicans have, have found a way, though, to manipulate working class people into believing that they're the small government party and that the Democrats are the big government party because they want to, you know, have a law that says that military style assault rifles should have a longer wait time or something. Like, what? N no. <laughs> like, there's not even a full automatic restriction on them. And even if there was, 
It's just your personal enjoyment of that thing. Could there be private entities that allow you to test those out in a private, you know, in a secure location purely for target practice and such? Well, why not? But because that's what it is anyway. It's, it's not for your protection that you have that. It's because you find them amusing and you feel powerful shooting them. Cool. So you can shoot them in a secure location where that's all you do is you just shoot them out of target and then you hand the gun back over. The ones that you can keep are these sort of quote unquote normal guns or whatever. But I Vincent coming all over the place today, but there's so many interconnected subjects going on right now in our country. That's the thing with this slow dissolving. It's, it's so many different things that it's just pulling down. It's like the spider web where there's like something kind of heavy in the middle of the web and it's just kind of tearing away all every little strand slowly. And there's, so there's so many interconnected issues that are just being affected. And it's just, uh, it's chaotic and overwhelming. You know, there's so much going on right now. And I think... Many people, many Americans are so apathetic to the whole political process, even before 2016, are now just, you know, President Trump gets impeached, nothing happens, absolutely nothing. All this information gets revealed in the House impeachment, and nothing happens. He gets to keep his job anyway. I mean, I got fired from a job once because I, got, I tested positive for cannabis. You know, like, really? <laughs> That guy can do what he did and keep his job. Meanwhile, I was doing my job perfect. L literally perfect. I was getting high marks and everything. No pun intended. But, you know, I... They do a random drug test. Oh, you test positive for... And all the job was was processing utility documents. Sitting in a cubicle, putting on my headphones and staring at utility bills for eight hours a day. It's fucking mind-numbing. There's no way I could have done the job without cannabis. So the whole six month I was there, I smoked cannabis. It was just part of my ritual. I smoked a little bit a couple hours before I start my shift. Didn't smoke any during the shift, but just enough to kind of get in the right headspace to be able to do the job. And again, there's no way I would have been able to do it without. But, you know, they tested positive. So they just kind of escorted me out of the building one day. I never stole anything from the company. I never lied or cheated or did anything like that. I did my job admirably. Showed up every day. Did my job and did it well. But I smoked cannabis. Therefore, I was fired. Donald Trump has never been admirable. Never done anything good with his life. He's a complete piece of shit. And abused his power. Openly and boastfully. And yet he was still able to keep his job. I don't know. God help us. We will get through this, but it's going to be a struggle. It's going to get a little worse before it gets better. So we're going to have to kind of redefine what our country is over these next few months. And hopefully as many people as possible vote and do not vote Republican. Who they vote otherwise is, 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 isn't really important right now. Just not voting Republican is going to be the big thing. So peace out, everybody. Stay safe, social distancing. Respect the quarantine guidelines. This is Gary, and you've been listening to Thinking Out Loud.
Right, it's July 5th, 2020. You're listening to Thinking Out Loud. This is Gary. Been a few weeks since I recorded a podcast, just because lose all track of time during this pandemic and everything. And I was checking my thing the other day. I was like, holy crap. It had been like two weeks since recording anything. So I figured I'd record another one, you know? Why not? Something to do. So yesterday was celebration of the anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Woo! July 4th. I did see a cool fireworks show, though, so that was cool. It's hard to be a real, you know, passionately excited about uh, the future of America right now, though. It's just, uh, yee. I think it's, one of the things for me is it's, it's very surreal to actually meet real life, actual living, breathing Trump supporters. It, it's a very odd thing. I mean, it's one thing to see a bunch of dumb shits at a rally, all kind of looking the same, dressing the same, just kind of, boo devoe, boo devoe, locker locker, you know, just kind of shouting out stuff. And, you know, it, it's one thing to see that, you know. It's one thing to actually be at someone's home and they got a big fucking banner in their fucking kitchen. Trump 2020, keep America great more, or whatever the fuck the slogan is. It's just like, wow. You can actually take the time to put a big fucking Trump banner proudly proclaiming your support for the... It's just like, wow. I was at a party yesterday for about a half an hour until I... I was only there a few minutes until I noticed the big, giant Trump banner hanging proudly in the kitchen. It's like... Okay, yeah, and right when I noticed that, the wonderful USA, USA, USA chant starts up on the porch. Oh, fun, this is my party. Oh, fuck, like of all the stuff going on right now, like, wow, is this... So it makes me realize that, yeah, there's still, there was a lot of people still supporting that fucking guy. Um, there's a chance he could win. Now, if, even if he wins in, uh, in this fall, um, the only way he'd win is by, you know, obviously winning the Electoral College. But he, he could lose the popular vote by a stupendous amount, you know, maybe nearly 10 million, you know, just get his ass handed to him in every single blue state. And then even some of the swing states, uh, but then just squeak out victory in all the, you know, red states, and then somehow still come out on top. Um, it seems like it's unlikely. It seems like we are finally winding down uh, the Trump era, but it's an era that's going to leave a long-lasting stench for really decades to come. Uh, Donald Trump. 
um, famous con man, uh, bankrupt guy, famous for cheating on his wives, bankrupting businesses, being racist, being sexist, being stupid, and being a game show host, who's the current president of the United States. Um, he did actually appoint and get confirmed two Supreme Court justices who will serve a life-long reign in the Supreme Court. Clarence Thomas is nearing his end of his time. He's, I think, pondering resigning. So that stench from the Trump presidency is going to linger well into my twilight years. Yeah. It's very disappointing, you know. Uh, the president has a lot of power, and, and they have a lasting impact, you know. Um, his heads of various de departments were horrendous. Betsy DeVos, who has zero experience in public education. Secretary of Education. Um, various other department secretaries had little to any experience in their respective department. So just vast departments, vast areas of federally funded programs that have virtually no leadership at top. Probably for the purpose of trying to minimize uh, the effectiveness of government. Um, while at the same time, uh, delving more into a fascist-style rule, anti-democratic. How do people in 2020 still don't know that Donald Trump is a con man? And how do people still not connect the dots between his rhetoric and his actions and fascist governments, the opposite of democracy? It's amazing that there are still so many fucking people that don't get it, that that's what he is. He is a con man <coughs> and an authoritarian who idolizes um, dictators and authoritarian-style rulers. What was his response to the story about Russia paying a bounty to Taliban fighters to kill Americans? He just said it was a hoax. That, that, that's it. Not, if this is true... This is what I'll be doing. I'm looking into this. I'm going to do this about this information that I've received. No, it was just dismiss the whole thing. Why? Because his buddy Vladimir Putin um, said that he didn't do it or, or whatever. Donald Trump spoke to Putin like six times or something since that information was revealed to him in a daily presidential brief. President doesn't read his briefs though, so because he's barely literate. Yes, Donald Trump did graduate from college, but the only reason he got into college is because his father paid a bunch of money to that school. There's been a few of his professors that came out publicly saying that Donald Trump was one of their stupidest students. He was just a man born into affluence, but because of his affluence, had a different set of rules and expectations put on him than regular people. He was a fuck-up and always has been and continues to be to this day and doesn't seem to have any desire to be different, to change his ways. So it's very frustrating 
you go to, you know, it, it's already, I don't really dig 4th of July that much anyway, because it just, it brings out the real kind of, I, I don't know how to describe just, just, just the, the, the douchiest sides of America sometimes, they just fully reveal themselves on 4th of July, dumb shittery, just, uh, just drunken, stupid idiocy, you know, but then when you combine that drunken, stupid idiocy with like, uh, a proud, boastful support of the stupidest, most incompetent president in U.S. history, it, it's, it's jarring on the senses in a way, you know, because you want to believe that it's just these other people in these small hick towns in Iowa that are the Trump supporters, you know, that are driving hundreds of miles to go to the Trump rally and listen to Trump, you know, ramble on for an hour and a half about God knows what, you know, uh, for some reason, for some people, going to a Trump rally is like a really cathartic, um, enlightening experience. I, I have no idea why. I've been to one. I sold sodas and snacks at a Trump rally. A gig's a gig. Um, it was during my time when I worked as a banquet server and various other gigs. And that was just one of the gigs I had that day. Um, it was just boring and and weird and just, there was no meat on the bone. There's just no substance, you know, there's no, it was just all just blaming other people for things that aren't connected. You know, I remember, I realized later it was probably Stephen Miller, his, his racist uh, speechwriter guy, who was like, are you tired of losing your job because of an open barter? I was like, Huh? What does an open border have to do with my job? You know, the border has always been open. There are certain sections of the border that they later put, built a wall. But what is the connection? You know, and if you're doing a job that you're going to lose to a Spanish-speaking immigrant who doesn't have paperwork, well. Well, that, I mean, that that's your fault. You're losing that job to them because they're working harder than you. And it's probably a, you know, a shit job that you probably don't really want to do anyway. And most people don't want to want to do. You're not losing your job because of an open border. It's just, but he would just say that. I remember being at the rally. He was like, are you tired of losing your job because of an open border? And the crowd like cheered, like. Like, oh, I got all excited. Like, what the fuck are you people even talking about? The worst part was I was in Washington State, you know, like however many thousands of miles away from the Mexican border. Um, it, you know, many of those people, because of an open border with Canada, probably had a, you know, a, a better rate of keeping their job. They had better revenues and such because Canadian tourists come down or vice versa and stuff, you know, like it's an open border. So you can traverse between Canada and Washington pretty easily. So you're definitely not losing your job because of an open border. It's more quite the opposite. It's encouraging commerce, inter-country commerce, you know, why not? Y yeah. Um, 
But most Canadians speak English, and a, the majority of the population has a a fairer skin color, a paler skin color, commonly referred to as white. So therefore, they're okay. Uh, but the brown people down below our, our southern border, they speak Spanish. So we, we have to get real irate about that for some reason. I, I don't really understand why. But they don't have their paperwork. Well, let's get them their fucking paperwork. Like, you know, like, why do we need to build a wall just because a few million people are racist? And yes, that's what the wall is about. It's racism. There's brown people coming here who speak Spanish and they don't have their paperwork. Oh, okay, so let's get them their paperwork. <laughs> you know, they're coming here and they're saying, hey, we want to be here. We're requesting asylum, refuge here. And we're like, no, we're going to put you in prison. And that's literally what has happened. Uh, there's been various Latinos coming here, immigrating, attempting to immigrate to America, declaring themselves at the border, and then uh, getting arrested and thrown in jail for the crime of um, uh, well, nothing. They're not committing a crime, so then they just end up staying in jail for a while, while the U.S. tries to figure out what it is that their crime is and what they're going to be, you know, charged with. But they haven't committed a crime, you know, trespassing. Ooh, that's you know, that's like a a two hundred dollar fine or or something, you know, like. But they're not really trespassing because they're declaring themselves, you know. So, I I don't really understand the the contention over that thing with the like. There's people coming here, and they're illegal. Well, let's, let's make it legal then, then you, you know. All we're talking about is paperwork. <laughs> That's it. The only thing that proves that you're a citizen is paperwork. That's it. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to speak a certain fucking language. You, 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 just, you just have to have some paperwork that you can show and say, yep, I'm a citizen. Here it is. Here's my proof. You'll either have a driver's license, a passport, a birth certificate, that's it. It's paperwork. It's an identification of some kind. And it's just a process to, to have it made. You have to have, you know, a certain type of documentation to get the other type of documentation and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It, that, that's it. That, that's all it is. So it's just, these people don't have their paperwork. Okay, so let's figure out how to do that. But what if people are living here and they don't have their paperwork? Oh, um, well, that means they're living here and they're not a citizen, technically, of the country. They are a foreign national uh, living in our country. I think there's certain types of paperwork for that, though, too. So if they, like, want to live here, but they don't want to be a citizen... Um, that's a different form that they fill out or something, you know, so, so yeah, let's just make that easier to do and figure out what the process is, hire up some more analytical type people and so that we can get the process, you know, streamlined or whatever, so that getting all the paperwork in, uh, goes more efficiently. Yeah, because that 
That's literally it. The term illegal immigrant only means that it, it's an immigrant, a person living in America who doesn't have their paperwork proving their citizenship uh, to America. That, that's it. And they're attempting to obtain it. They're trying to get it. Uh, so we throw them in jail. Yeah. And then the Trump administration also ran on the thing of, well, we need to build a wall to stop them from coming in here. And we're going to spend billions of dollars building this huge wall in the middle of the fucking desert that people are eventually just going to tunnel under, climb over, and still get in. And eventually it's going to get, you know, obviously, if you build this big, stupid, dumb shit wall in the middle of the fucking desert, that its only reason, justification for being built, is racism. Obviously, at some point, the thing gets demolished. It gets destroyed. It would be an act of civic responsibility and duty to do what you can to destroy that stupid fucking wall, to do everything you can to make sure it, it is demolished. And so as soon as they start getting a little carried away with the wall building, you're going to have people attacking the thing, saying, no, we're not spending massive amounts of money building a wall in the middle of the desert just because you're racist and you don't like people that speak Spanish. And, and, no. You know, get out and about more. Learn more about the country. Part of our country used to be part of the Spanish Empire. Yeah. <laughs> and get what? guess what language they speak in Spain? Yeah, yeah. Spanish. Yes. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, part, huge portions of our country used to be part of the Spanish Empire. There is a very strong Spanish you know, ancestral connection to huge parts of our country. Uh, the other big one is France. France, uh, you know, the Louisiana Purchase. That was purchased from France. So there's also a strong French connection as well in the United States of America. Among other groups that came later, but those those are basically some of the groups that early, the earliest settling and discovering of America. Spain, France, and then obviously Great Britain. Then later, the big massive groups of various countries immigrating here, which came a little later. But yeah, you know, Southern California, Texas, you know, Arizona. There's a large Spanish-speaking populations there for a reason, you know. We don't just speak English in, the, in this country, and we never have. We have never only spoken one language in this country. That has never been the case, ever. <laughs> I don't know how or why that came to be this strange myth that so many Americans buy into. We speak English in this country. You do, sort of. It sort of sounds like English, some of those people that say that shit. But they'll speak French and German and Spanish and various native dialects. <coughs> Chinese, Mandarin, and Cantonese, Chinese, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's, oh, there's been a lot of languages spoken in the United States for a long time, you know, um, and you're going you know, way, way back to the beginning, you know, English, French, Spanish, you're talking since the beginning, you know, 15th century, 16th century, 
those kind of languages being spoken in what is now the United States of America. So before the United States was even a country, you're talking about many different languages being spoken in this area. <coughs> what that is now called the United States. So that's, yeah. But, you know, that was like a foundational thing of Trump's campaign in 2016. Racism. And not so subtle racism, but just subtle enough that people who were supporting him and didn't believe that they were racist could support him and still think that they weren't being racist. He, he was, it's like he was, had just the right level of subtlety in his racism that people who claim to be Christian, um, you know, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Those kind of people, uh, could still go along with it. it. It was subtle enough so they could pretend like, I'm not a racist and I support Donald Trump. You just kind of contradicted yourself, but, you know, whatever. he could be subtle enough about it. He's, it's not like he's wearing a swastika or something. It's not like he does, it's not like he has a, you know, a white hood on his head covering his face. You know, he's not one of those. So we just say, well, the, the, he's not that bad. He's like in a different thing, you know. He he just he wears a suit, you know, and most of our political leaders wear suits too, so he's different. And you, you just kind of avoid the decades of you know him doing things and how he even became famous in the first place. You just kind of ignore all that and just pretend like, oh no no, he's not racist. He just um, says things sometimes that. Um, Whatever. I, I don't even... The mental gymnastics going on with people that are going to church every Sunday, reading the Bible, and, and claiming to devote their lives to the teachings of Jesus, and then in the same breath, proclaiming their support for Donald Trump. It's just... That is some crazy mental gymnastics there. And I don't... It's just not really a sport I want to get into, you know. Um, yeah, he he's not even kind of... Um, in the the teaching, yeah, he's he's a promoter of hatred. He doesn't believe in forgiveness. He makes fun of people who pray. Um, he acts violently towards anyone who says anything negative about him. And you know, it's really the opposite of turn the other cheek. Because um, it's not even people that are hitting him, and he's hitting back. They're saying things, exercising a right, and then he's acting violently. He's ordering people to, you know, subjugate those people. So his entire rhetoric, his entire life story, all of his actions as president don't really have anything to do with the teachings of Jesus. It, it, he's about as far removed. So it's not just that he's like a bad Christian or something. He, he's not a Christian. You, you know, he, he's far enough, far enough removed from that path that you can say with a pretty good level of confidence that no, no, he's not a Christian. He's just claiming to be one because that's uh, politically advantageous in this country to be a Christian. Uh, if you are a Muslim or a Buddhist or in some cases even Jewish, it may be more difficult for you to get elected. So it's, it's preferred by the electorate that you be Christian. And, and let's not even get into it if you're like agnostic or atheist, heaven forbid, 
um, if you're those kind of things, you, it's going to be very difficult. You're going to have to explain yourself a lot. So if you just say that you're a Christian, it increases your odds of getting elected dramatically. So that's why Donald Trump claims to be a Christian, even though he's, you know, he's he's not. It's it doesn't have anything to do with his his life view, how he lives his life, how he his rhetoric, his the the way he carries himself in public, his public persona, how he treats other people is about as far removed from the teachings of Jesus as you can get. And that's where because he's so opposite, he's so antithesis, I do part of me does almost believe that like but just in a different way, the way that some of the Christians say were like, well, God sent us Trump. I kind of almost believe that, but not in the way that they do. I believe it more in an opposite way. You got this guy, Trump, clearly and obviously not a Christian. It, it couldn't be more obvious. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's in your face about it. He's, he's a man who saturates himself in seven deadly sins, embraces that kind of lifestyle. He, he, you know, insults people who pray. He doesn't believe in forgiveness because he doesn't believe he has anything to be forgiven for. A man who's lived his life as a con man, you know, corrupted other, you know, just a complete fraud of a man, doesn't believe he has anything to be forgiven for. You know, it's just, it's such a core basic thing. It's almost like a, he's, it, it's so obvious that he's not. What do the people claiming to be Christian really believe? So that's kind of like his, it's almost like his purpose. You put a guy out there that's obviously, you know, you don't even need to be a biblical scholar to understand Donald Trump is not a Christian. That, that's not what he is. He, he pursued a much different way of life. And it's so far removed that even people that are like, aren't, Christian, like agnostic or even atheist, a lot of times you'll see that they have better ethics and morals than Trump does. You know, they still have a certain level of integrity and honor in them, you know, and that because he, he doesn't have any of that, you know, and, and it's so obvious. It's so obvious. It's in your face. So it's almost like a testing. What? Do people truly believe? Donald Trump is a guy that needs help. You know, he needs psychiatric help. He needs he, he, he needs a lot of stuff. He definitely needs to also resign and just kind of get some counseling or something. He needs to change his ways, you know, repent the life that he's lived of just screwing over others for his own personal gain you know it's just a life of just treachery that he's lived um i don't you know i'm not really confident that he's gonna change his ways anytime soon but you know he is what he is you know and so it's kind of like we get to see it, he's almost like a fable a, a real life living fable that we get to kind of what happens to a person who gets all the money in the world, all the privilege in the world, and has no ethics, no morals, no integrity, no moral compass to speak of. What what happens? How, what what does it do to them as a person? And you see, 
Trump now, he's like a shell of a man. You know, he can barely formulate coherent sentences anymore. He, he's, his life has just beat him down because he's so just saturated in just awfulness, you know, and unwilling and unable to change. You know, it just, um, you know, I feel pity for him, you know, and uh, I have prayed a few times, not as often maybe as I should, for the people that support him, because it's like, he is what he is. He's, he's sort of the embodiment of a, a life saturated in, in sin, the seven deadly sins, you know, just kind of just fully embracing it, you know, um, going more than just being tempted with those things, but just leaping into them and doing all, and just, ugh, you know. But when people support that too, it, it's a way of them basically saying, I embrace that. I'm embracing that man's principles and ideas. They reflect on me. And, and I think that's why, you know, it's, it's been tough during this time because I have, you know, family and friends. There's some that are still like Trump supporters and it's like, you know, you feel like you know someone and then you realize, okay, so, because really now, in the year 2020, a few months away from the election, supporting Trump means basically you got a couple of options. You're either stupid or ignorant or you don't give a fuck. That's it. Those are your options. Donald Trump lies, lies constantly. He's lied thousands of times. That's a fact. It's not an opinion. The opinion would be, because Donald Trump lies all the time, he's a detriment to the interests of the United States of America. So that part is the opinion. The fact that he lies every single day is not an opinion. That's a fact. Donald Trump ordered police to fire tear gas and rubber bullets upon people that were exercising their right to free speech. And he did this so that he could walk down a few blocks and take a picture in front of a church holding a Bible. That is a fact. He did do that. The opinion part would be that is a gross abuse of power by the President of the United States and should almost be considered a crime, in my opinion. But again, the fact is that he did order police to fire upon peaceful protesters that were exercising their rights as Americans. Yeah. One of the things Donald Trump did in his most recent campaign stop and at Mount Rushmore is that he's calling the people that are protesting him fascists. So it is a fact that he said those things. The opinion is, no, <laughs> Donald Trump, Trumpism, <laughs> is fascism. Fascism is a system of government where you press the freedom of speech, you press people's right to free speech, you act violently towards anyone that disagrees with you, and you, you use the full weight and power of the United States military, to, of, the, of a military to do that. You use all the power and interest of the, of the government to cater to the whims of the wealthy. And 
again, mainly it's a, it's a very oppressive style. So any sort of protesting, civil disobedience is met with violent wrath. That's called fascism. He ran on that. He just didn't use the word. His style of rule is very much inspired by, influenced by, um, and, and, you know, yearning to be like a fascist style government. Fascism is going to look different in different countries in different periods of time. You know, World War II Italy, Mussolini, that's a certain style of fascism. Hitler, Germany, and that's fascism, it's not socialism. Yet the Nazis called themselves the National Socialist Party, but no, the Nazis were not socialists, they were fascists. <laughs> Big difference. People get confused, but that's part of fascism, is confusing people. Using certain terms and certain things that have already existed, and then claiming those so that, so that, that certain attitudes and emotions that are connected to those symbols you know, are now transferred to this new thing, you know, and so a lot, there is a lot of that, of sort of claiming symbols that have already existed and claiming them as their own and saying, well, now we are the ones that represent these things, like the swastika that uh, Germany used with the Nazis. <coughs> that symbol is actually very old and was around in like, I believe the Middle Ages and stuff. So, uh, you know, Hitler sort of latched on to that. And, and that's kind of what, it's a very sort of almost parasitic style uh, government fascism because it'll infiltrate and morph itself and disguise itself in whatever country it's infiltrating. And so for American fascism in 2020, it's going to be a lot of red, white, and blue bald eagles and fucking big trucks and fucking American flags all over the place. You're going to see in a, a, just a, like all the symbols of America just sort of just like puked on you. Just, just, just saturated in red, white, and blue and just kind of flooding the senses with these sort of iconic American symbols and they'll just be sort of you'll be sort of inundated with it because generally speaking those colors red white and blue the American flag you're going to associate with the United States of America and associate with you know life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and all those sort of things and so when you think of those you think of life liberty and pursuit of happiness Donald Trump's rhetoric <laughs> and his regime doesn't have anything to do with those things doesn't have anything to do with those principles but by claiming those symbols and sort of attaching themselves to them and then saying anyone that burns this symbol is going to should have to go to jail because they're against freedom. And it's, it's the great irony because obviously <laughs> if someone burns a, a flag, that, that the actual literal thing they're doing is, is burning a, a piece of cloth. The flag is literally just a flag. Yes, what it symbolizes cannot be burnt. <laughs> yeah, you, you burn the flag. It's just a flag. The principles of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness are still there. They're still on the books. You are unable to change that just because you burned a flag. You want to act out 
and sort of some sort of cathartic against America, but in a sort of less violent way. And so you burn the flag. You get that cathartic release. But life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness still stand. Yeah. So you have the right to do that, but no one else's rights are really being infringed because that. Now you may get upset, and you have every right to be upset, but best part, you can speak out against that person that, that burned that flag and say, hey, why are you doing that? And then you can get into a discussion with them. Say, well, I'm very mad about the way the United States of America is doing things. Well, what, what are you mad about? Or whatever. You can engage in a conversation with that person. Trump doesn't want that, though, because that would be freedom. Okay. He doesn't want freedom. He wants oppression. So he wants to have that anyone that speaks out against the government, the government should violently oppress those people, punish those people. So if you burn a flag, which is literally only burning a piece of material, it's a statement. It, it's a political statement. No, you're not going to destroy the country by burning a flag. No, you're not going to burn, you know, destroy the country by taking a knee while a song about the War of 1812 is sung. No, <laughs> no, the country is still going to stand strong. You don't have that level of power. It is quite a statement, though. And then it begs the question, well, hey, why are you doing that? You know, all the people that are standing there with their hands on their hearts and all that sort of thing. Well, they're just, you know, they're, they're the sea of people all kind of supporting this thing. You know, proudly singing along while this song about the War of 1812 is sung. So they're not really standing out. But the person that's taking a knee, they're making some sort of statement there. So, it, hey, why are you doing that? And then they'll say, because it usually, you know, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, when someone takes a knee while, the, while a song is sung about the War of 1812, called the Star Spangled Banner, they have a reason for doing it. Now, you're, you may not believe that their reason is legitimate or whatever. You may believe, you should stand. You have every right to believe that they should stand. Now, they have no legal obligation to stand during the song about 1812, the War of 1812. But it's, you know, it's, it's uh, whatchamacallit, it's culturally uh, advisable or whatever. But it's, it's not the law, and it shouldn't be, that you stand at attention while the song about the War of 1812 is sung. No, that shouldn't be a law. If you want to stand, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. This is America. <laughs> You're not legally obligated to support and say nice things about the country that you live. You have every right to speak out against it. <laughs> every right. So, yeah. The song about the War of 1812 begins, and you politely take a knee. You're still being respectful. You're not, like, talking. You don't have a hat on. That, that's one of the funniest things about the, the, you know, the Colin Kaepernick thing. There are so many fucking people that don't take their fucking hats off during the Star Spangled Banner, and then they're going to give Colin Kaepernick a shit for taking a knee because he, wanted to, he wants to highlight the fact that in this country, police are murdering people. 
unarmed Americans, specifically black men. So he has a very legitimate reason, and he's respectfully doing it. And when he did it, people were like, hey, why'd you take a knee? And then he said, why? I have some issues. I have some concerns. You take a knee during the Star Spangled Banner, it draws attention to yourself. And people are going to be like, hey, why are you doing that? And instantly you have a soapbox, you know. He was a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's a, an amazing athlete. But because he spoke out about something that needs to be spoken out about, he drew attention to it. Some of those people who were wearing hats during the Star Spangled Banner and being extremely disrespectful or talking during the Star Spangled Banner, being disrespectful, but hey, it's America, do what you want. They were going to give him shit about the fact that Americans are dying at the hands of fucking cops. Unarmed civilians being murdered by cops. You know, and we're, we're going to get offended because he's taking a knee while this song that was written years ago about the War of 1812. Oh my God. He should stand during the Darth Sandle banner. What about the shit that he's saying? The reason that he did it? Well, let's not think about that. Let's, let's be a country that punishes people for making statements. Like, it, it's just, it's, it's mind-numbing, you know? There's too many very ignorant, stupid white people, you know. I've honestly had a very, uh, like there's a, there's a no effect song on the album. Punk Drublick, Don't Call Me White. Kind of really related to that one. It's just, there are so many, I mean, yeah, there's good white people and bad people, but there's, there's, there's so many of like the worst people in like government and in leadership and stuff. One of the things they have in common is, is that pale skin color, you know, commonly referred to as white. And it's just, you know, there's just too many people that are just kind of oblivious to what's going on, you know? And, uh, yeah, Trump has opened up so many wounds, you know, Barack Obama wasn't perfect, but he was a, a good man, had good policies, um, and just a good leader, an inspiring person. We, we made a lot of ground. There was a lot of work still to do, but we've taken giant steps backward. But because it's it just, it really... Because Trump is so bad, it kind of exposes where we really are. You know, there is a lot of work still to do. You know, there is very much systemic racism. There is very much still violent oppression of people just trying to make it, you know. Um, there is cops that escalate tensions for no good reason. Um, there is still very much stereotyping and... You know, the punishing of people simply because they have a certain skin color. One of the people, and I guess it happened a while ago, but it's like it, it didn't come out until later, the news about it or something. But it was a young dude who played like the violin. I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head, but he was a violinist and just kind of an artist, 
passive, a non-aggressive, non-violent person in any way, shape, or form. And I don't even remember why he was confronted by a cop, what it was that he was doing that warranted a police intervention in the first place. He was not committing a crime, and he wasn't doing anything illegal. And, um, but uh, for some reason, he got into some cop, intervened in that young man's life, and then he ended that young man ended up dying in the police custody. Um, you, you know, just because that cop felt, I, I you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just it, the, it's just it's, it's frustrating. You know, it, it's frustrating that this it's still going on. And then you still have people that are like supporting Trump and then, and then not, just not getting why other Americans get so mad at them and angry. You know, it's like, do you not get it? We have brother and sister Americans being murdered by cops and stuff. We have, we have systemic racism in this country. We have, a, 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 you know, we have this government that's deliberately and clearly oppressing people who are speaking out against the government. We have violent action against people just being civilly disobedient. There was a group of people that were protesting that young man who was killed by cops, who was the violin player, violinists. They gathered in a park and started playing the violin to honor his memory. So police with riot gear came in and started beating those people. I mean, we, to a certain degree, we, we've already gone kind of gone over the edge. It's not really like a theoretical thing. Are we fascism? We aren't completely 100% there, though, yet, because, like, just what I'm doing right now, speaking out against the government. I'm just a regular person. I don't have my own show. This is just a podcast I record on an app, the Anchor app, and uh, post it online, and it's available whoever wants to listen to it. I have every right as an American to do this. Other parts of the world, you do not have that right. And in fact, it is a crime. What I'm doing right now in certain parts of the world is a crime. Because I'm speaking out against Trump and the current ruling regime. Um, in certain parts of the world, if, you, if you're in North Korea and you say anything negative about Kim Jong-un, um, you may just disappear. <laughs> uh, if you're a, you know inspiring figure and, and really like inciting change and stuff. Yeah. You might just disappear and, and they'll throw you in some dark prison somewhere and that's it. You're, you're done. So we're already kind of delving into there. You know, Trump has been kind of dipping his toe into the fascist waters for a while now. You know, the thing he did a few weeks ago, that was just like blatant. Um, there's people, Protesting the fact and just gathering together and saying things. Uh, things that they have every right to do. Trump, though, he, he wanted to walk down a few blocks and take a picture in front of a church while he was holding a Bible. He, that's what he wanted to do. So what he had is he had police with riot gear fire rubber bullets and tear gas on the people that were peacefully assembled so that he could walk down a few blocks and take a picture holding a Bible. 
I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where we are so desensitized and even that just didn't, it didn't, didn't do the people that are supporting him. Like oh, all those people that are protesting, they're being fascists. And it's like, no, like Charlottesville, the Nazis, those are fascists. Those people that come, fucking idiots with fucking tiki torches marching around saying anti-Semitic bullshit. And then one of them drives a car into a crowd of people and murders a woman. Those are fascists. That's fascism. Fascism is violent oppression of people not supporting the rules, of the, the ruling party. That, that's fascism. So the Nazis are fascists. They're not socialists. They're fascists. Their name is the National Socialist Party in Germany in the 1940s, but they weren't socialists. They were fascists. Fascism, oppression, violent oppression, and subjugating of anyone that is deemed different. What is different? Well, in Germany, it was Jews, gypsies, people who just didn't support the Nazi party, all kinds of all kinds of people. Just anyone that they just felt like sending to a camp, to a death camp. Um, are we there yet here? No, obviously. Although there are concentration camps on the southern border. Those people's crime <clears throat> was having brown skin and speaking Spanish. That That is why they're there. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the official reason is because they don't have their paperwork or whatever. They're, you know, quote unquote, illegal immigrants. The actual reason is because they have brown skin and they speak Spanish. That's why they're in a prison in the southern border. Yeah. Um, so that's a form of fascism, but it's be like, because it's so kind of out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people that's at the southern border and it's only you know, quote unquote, illegal immigrants trying to come here. They're not people that have already been here a while, although sometimes they are, <laughs> um, you know, that the repeal, the, the attempts at repeal at DACA, what's that about? Racism. Yeah. These people came here illegally and they had children here or were they brought their small children here, quote unquote, illegally. Why, why was it illegal? Because there wasn't an effective process in place when they came here to get their paperwork they needed to be legal. That's it. You know, there's a lot of bureaucracy in this country. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of things to, to prevent people that are yearning to be Americans and actively pursuing being Americans and working hard to be Americans. There are a ton of systematic pressures to prevent those people from becoming Americans and instead referring to them as criminals, even though they've never committed a crime. You know, they're people that just live here, work here, and are part of our society and raise their children here. You know, the DACA children, they're Americans. <laughs> they've lived their whole life in America. They've gone to American public schools. They identify as American. What specific skin color they have is kind of irrelevant. Who gives a fuck, <laughs> you know? My ancestors come from all over the place. Obviously, because I'm white, the main group, massive area that they come from is predominantly Europe, but not all of them. You know, I do have, when I took a DNA test, I actually had 1% Colombian on there, which was very exciting to me. Anything that was non-white was, was very invigorating to me. You know, I don't, I don't want to look at the thing and just see, 
yep, you're white, 100%. Like, it's very uplifting to know that there's at least something besides just white. The plain old basic white, you know, like, ah, there's something different on there, you know? And a lot of people are going to probably also have, like, uh, because of Genghis Khan and stuff, and the Mongolians, and, you know, the, yeah, there's all kinds of, there's been a lot of mixing of cultures over the years, you know, there isn't one, and white isn't really a culture anyway, it's just a fucking skin color, but, uh, yeah, bouncing around a lot today. Last few weeks, it just got me kind of, uh, ugh, you know? It's just like, is this really what our country is, you know? Like, I, every time I think about Trump, a lot of times I, I go back to, because I grew up in the 1980s. I was a kid in the 80s. And he was on TV a lot back then, late 80s, early 90s, and, and throughout the 80s, really. And he was just this schmuck. He was just a dumb shit guy that just was on TV and that smug, arrogant smile he'd have on his face and he's walking out of a court case where he fucked over some more people. Thousands of times he was sued. Thousands of times. Because he would just fuck people over. And he had the money and resources to pay a team of lawyers to, you know, prolong the suit, drain the resources of the people suing him, and then just they would be forced to settle out of court. And that was a win for him. Because to him, the world is just winners and losers. He's not a team player. You know, he's not a lift the tide type. He's just me, 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 me. You know? He was just such a douche, you know? Going way, way back. I, I just remember, like, as a kid, it was more like, God, he's weird. You know? Like, why? And just sort of confusion as to why he was considered successful. What it was that he actually did. Because it just seemed like his job was just to kind of be on TV and to just be there. He didn't really have anything substantive to say. And he didn't really seem to have a lot of knowledge of the thing that he was supposed to be good at, like real estate. He didn't really... And I, the older I get, the more I realized it. And then it was really in the early 2000s as I was entering my fourth year of college... That, that stupid show, The Apprentice, came on. He had kind of disappeared for a few years, and it was just like, after his sixth bankruptcy, and he kind of, you know, had his, you know, his yet another big colossal failure, and he kind of disappeared. Away. It was like, oh, good, he's gone. And then he just, poof, reappeared. But not only reappeared, but like bigger on a network TV show, his own TV show that was aired every week. And it was like a hit. There was, like, millions of people that watched that stupid fucking show. And I was just like, ugh. Like, why? <laughs> you know? And I remember I was in my fourth year of college. And then that stupid fourth or fifth year of college. And then that show came on. And I was a business major. I became a business major because I took a test in high school. And it said, uh, you have a disposition to be good at business. So I just kind of picked it. You know, I don't know. I didn't really... <laughs> Eventually came to regret the decision. But it was really that show, The Apprentice, that first started laying seeds of doubt. I was like, is that, is that what business is? 
is is he what is like the epitome of being a businessman? That guy, you know, like, wow. You know, I just remember that was like the beginnings of doubt as to like, is that really what I want to do? But just out of just sheer stubbornness, I just stuck with marketing and business administration anyway, because I was already pretty ways into it. Was sort of kind of close to graduating. And then, you know, ended up getting my degree in that marketing. But I don't know. There, there's something just so deflating about seeing a guy like that. Because it's not like he's good at business. He, he what he's good at is staying on TV, staying in the public eye. And using that to accrue wealth for himself. That's, that's, that's not really a business. That, that's, he's just good at accumulating wealth for himself. Or at least the perception of wealth. How much wealth he actually has. We still have yet to know. Although, supposedly, sometime soon, there will be a ruling in the, the, um, uh, Neil Catiel, the attorney guy that appears on Mark. Ari Melber, Nemes NBC, he was saying that there's a high likelihood that Trump's tax returns will end up being forced to be released the Supreme Court will. That'd be awesome. I hope that comes to be. I hope, just, although I, it, as hopeful as I am, as more information comes out about Trump's, you know, true intentions, where his money comes from, who it is that he truly, you know, is in debt to and stuff. As hopeful as I am as that information comes out, I'm not that hopeful that it's going to make much of a difference to his base. Is there any bit of information that will be revealed about the man that will make them change their minds and make them realize that they were duped? You know, they were conned. They are simply pawns in his game. They come to his rallies and cheer his slogans and he rants at them for 45 minutes to an hour. It's purely to stroke his ego. He does not care about those people. He's not going to do anything, you know, legislatively or otherwise to protect their interests. But they insist on believing it. So, I'm a... I don't know, I'm optimistic about this... uh, Election coming up. People do the right thing. Not vote for Trump. We'll be able to get him out of there. And maybe we'll actually get to have more 4th of Julys in the future. <sighs> By the way, feels good to uh, get the thoughts out there. And, uh, yeah. So, this has been Gary. Been listening to Thinking Out Loud. Make sure to keep respecting the social distancing. Wear your mask if you're out in public. The coronavirus is real. And if we all do what we got to do, we can get through it quicker. And whatever you do in the November election this fall, whoever you vote for, just don't, do not, do not vote Trump. That's it. Do not vote Trump. Please vote. But just don't vote Trump.
thinking out loud. This is Gary.